Good morning, church. Good morning, and Merry Christmas. Oh, man, don't you just love it? You can feel Christ in the air and just feeling his presence with us this morning. That was awesome. And just to see what God is doing here among us. And praise be to him. Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what we've come to celebrate today. Now, at our house, probably like your house, we've been decorating, getting everything up and ready and all the things that are out. And we put up the tree and go through all the ornaments, which is so awesome and so special. Uh, but one of my favorite things in the whole house and the decorations is the nativity. And you know, nativity means the place or occasion of birth. And, and so this morning, we're going to kind of look at some people who were at the nativity. The first one. Over the last few weeks, we've seen some people who weren't there. And, and they had the same event, but a totally different perspective. And they didn't show up. And so a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Nick showed us that, you know, the Incredible Hulk and the Avengers weren't there. Uh, but we also know that, like, King Herod wasn't there. Uh, and even though he was close by, he didn't show up. And you're thinking, why would this guy not show up? This caravan of wise men, magi, just came by with camels and everything, and he doesn't even show up. But he didn't. And, and we said this. We said, you know what? You can be close to Jesus and yet not know him personally. And a lot of people will go to church over the holidays and places all over the country, but will they really meet Jesus? <laughs> will their lives be forever changed? And we saw too that the religious leaders, right? The, the ones, the Pharisees, and, and, and you would think they would show up, right? I mean, they knew the prophecies, Micah 5, 2, but you, Bethlehem, and, and Daniel 9, and they, they knew all of this, but why didn't they make it? Why didn't they come? Uh, and you're thinking, well, maybe, maybe they didn't want to lose their position. Maybe they didn't, you know, want to have to really bow down to radical grace. They liked to hide behind legalism and works. And, and yet God was doing something bigger. But they didn't show up. We also saw an innkeeper, right? This innkeeper who you would think, hey, the innkeeper saw Mary nine months pregnant. You would think, hey, for sure he's going to be out there. He's going to be there for sure. But no, the innkeeper doesn't show up. And you're thinking, why? I mean, why doesn't he give up his own room? Why doesn't he give up his own bed? But, but he doesn't. <laughs> and so we, we end up with is we end up with a nativity like this. Now, this is a special nativity for me because I, I got it in Israel. Um, this is from Bethlehem. This is olive wood. And this is something where Jesus was born out in a cave or a stable. And where a lot of people missed him. And a lot of people didn't come or show up. There were some that did. And they got a front row seat for what God was doing in the world. They got to experience the Christ of Christmas. And our encouragement throughout this series has been, you know what, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of secular things about Christmas and a lot of things that are good and they're fine. But we don't want to miss Jesus. We want to experience Christ. We want to know him because he's the only one who can change our life and he's the only one who can change the world. And this is Christmas. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me back to that Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, and we're going to be unpacking the word here in Luke chapter 2. It's Matthew and Luke that give us the birth narrative, you know, and Mark kind of fast forwards to Jesus' earthly ministry, and, and John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, but, but it's Matthew and Luke that go back to the nativity, to the place of the birth, and they show us what was happening that night. 
and what God was doing in the world and inviting us to join into the story. You know what I love so much about Christmas and Easter is it's like the supernatural just impacts us. And so often we live in the natural world, you know, where objects fall and, you know, where objects in motion stay in motion and all the Newton's laws. And then we kind of go by physics and science. But it's at this time of year that we have the curtain peeled back and we go, oh, wow, there's a whole parallel universe that's running alongside here where God is at work, where God is moving, where God is redeeming, where God is restoring, where God is sovereign over all. And God's inviting us into that story. And God's allowing us to be a part of what he's doing in the world. And it just awakens our soul and our spirit. If you go back to Luke chapter 2, we've covered verses 1 through 7 last week. But just let me give you a quick recap. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. And so we remember that the Jews were oppressed people. That Pompeii came through in 63 BC as the Romans conquered this area of the world. In fact, they conquered most of the world, right? The Roman Empire. And so there's a ruler, King Herod, who's over this. But there's an ultimate ruler right now, Caesar Augustus, who issues this decree that everybody has to go and sign up to pay taxes. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So you know, remember this, that, that they're pledged to be married. They've had no union, you know? but she's expecting a child. And we see even at the birth, we see the humanity of Christ, born of a woman, the divinity of Christ, born of God, fully God. And that's powerful for us because Jesus can identify with the things that we go through, our humanity, our struggles, our weaknesses, our temptations. And yet, being fully God, when he dies on the cross for our sins, he conquers death. He makes a way for us to have eternal life with him. And we see that all right here. And while she's pregnant, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And so here they are. <laughs> not in a house, not in a bed, not on a couch, not surrounded by family and friends. They're in a stable or a cave, livestock. But then God invites people to show up and says, hey, come check this out. And there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And what I want you to see is these shepherds today, the shepherds. And we think about why, like out of all the people, <laughs> why did God bring this birth announcement to these guys? Well, we're going to see a couple of things. Number one is this. These shepherds were common, ordinary, hardworking guys. Uh, back then, being a shepherd, I mean, it was, a, it was a good job, right? These guys were husbands. They were fathers. They were providing for their family. These were like the business guys of their day. They were ordinary guys. And they were out, you know, keeping watch over the flocks. They were doing their job. They were providing for their family. They were taking care of their needs of the people around them. God's always had a heart for shepherds. Have you ever noticed that when you're reading the Bible? I mean, Moses was a shepherd. David, King David in the Old Testament, right? He becomes the king over Israel. David was a shepherd. David writes Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord has taken care of me. The Lord provides for me. Why has God always had this heart for shepherds? And I thought about that this weekend. And here's what I was thinking. These guys maybe got away from all the noise. And they were able to hear from God. 
Do you know like when you go somewhere like to the mountains or the beach or you're outside somewhere, you, you know how when you're in nature, somehow you just hear God? You know how it's just like, it's like, oh, I just feel like I'm in creation and God is here and God's present and maybe we're away from the noise and all the distractions and, and God showed up to these ordinary guys. Look at this. Shepherds would have been ceremonially unclean because of their work. So these guys are not the religious elite. They didn't have like all the books memorized. They didn't know all the verses, right? I mean, these were good Jewish guys. I mean, they grew up expecting the Messiah. But, but because they couldn't keep all the religious hand washing and they worked with sheep and it was dirty, it was messing, they were always getting their hands dirty. They weren't kind of on the top echelon of religious leaders at that time. These were just ordinary guys. Now they would go to the temple and worship. They would take their families, right? Uh, but I kind of love that, don't you? <laughs> and God didn't just appear at the seminary and everybody, God appears to ordinary people like us. And then I want you to see about these shepherds. Though these shepherds may have tended the sheep that were used in the sacrificial system at the temple. Now think about this. Jerusalem is only seven miles away from Bethlehem. And we know from history that they kept the flock at Bethlehem, the same flock that was used for the unblemished sacrifice at the temple. When people would go to the temple to worship, there was an unblemished lamb that had to be offered because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And we've all sinned, right? All of them back then, they had sinned. And so when they came to worship, they would bring a sacrifice and this lamb, and that was kept here. Now think about this. You remember when Jesus starts his earthly ministry and John the Baptist looks up? What does he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God, Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice. So today we don't come in with a bunch of animals, right? And coming up and sacrificing those because Jesus died for our sins. He is the Lamb of God. And God was showing us that all the way back here when Jesus was born. The shepherds. And now what I want you to see is this. The birth announcement. The birth announcement. So check this out. Pick up at verse 9. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is Christ. That word Christ is not just his last name, right? I mean, Christ means Messiah. Jesus, the Messiah, he is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You, you know, for many of us, when you have a baby, you, you want to send out a birth announcement, right? And so you get the baby's foot, you put it on a card, right? You mail it to all your family and your friends. And you say, hey, I want you to know this. I want you to see this baby. Well, God says, I'm going to make a birth announcement. I'm not just going to take Jesus' foot and send it out. I guess he could have done that. But, but here's what he does. He says, I'm going to get some angels to show up. Now, now, here's what I want you to know about angels. Angels are not chubby beings. <laughs> they are warriors and servants of God. You see, in our minds, we have this idea that an angel is this little, you know, chubby, plump, you know, fat little baby in a diaper with a halo and playing a harp. Where did that come from? I mean, that's not biblical at all. Every time an angel shows up, everybody's terrified, okay? Now, you're not terrified over a little plump baby in a diaper, right? Nobody's terrified over that. You're like, that's weird. I mean, I, dude, no. You're terrified when a warrior shows up. 
And these angels are warriors, okay? I mean, think about The Rock. Think about 300, you know, like this movie. These guys are ripped, and they show up. These are the warriors of God. And God says, hey, go and make this announcement. Go and tell them. Go and tell them what I'm doing. Go and check this out. And so I love this because God's birth announcement is one of good news. And the gospel means good news. The angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. Now for a lot of you, I want you to get this. Because God is bringing good news. And some of you, you may have grown up in a church where it was all like about, you know, judgmentalism and condemnation and fire and brimstone. And you just would come and you would feel beaten down. You're like, really? And I'm going to say to you, no, no, no. It's good news. I mean, it is good news of great joy. God coming into this world to say, you matter to me. I love you. I'm not coming here to condemn you. Romans 8, 1, right? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want you to be free. I want you to experience life. And I'm sure these angels are like high-fiving going, we get to go tell them. We get to go tell them the good news. And the gospel is good news. Hey, check it out. A Savior has been born. And I want you to notice those two words to you personal to you. Now I praise God that I grew up in a Christian home. I'm so thankful for my parents. I'm so thankful for godly parents that are here today. Bring your kids to church that are growing up with a spiritual foundation. Praise God. But you know at some point the gospel had to come to me. At some point I took a step of obedience and the faith and say I believe because the gospel is for you. And it's not just your parents faith or your church's faith. It's not just your country's faith because you were born here, right? It's yours. And even here with the announcement, God's saying, I've come to bring you good news. For today, the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. To you. And it wasn't enough just for one angel to show up, right? God's going, oh, no, no, this is a celebration. So suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God. I mean, can you imagine that heavenly choir? Can you imagine just showing up in the sky? You're like, what? And they said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. I love that. Glory to God in the highest. It's only God who can change a heart. It's only God who can bust in into our mess, our brokenness, our strife. It's only God who can bring redemption. It's only God who can bring hope. All glory to him. And on earth, peace. And boy, doesn't our world need peace today? Maybe you're here today and, and God's brought you here just to hear this. Do not fear. You don't have to be afraid. And maybe today you walked in this room and man, you were struggling financially or relationally. Maybe there's job tension. And I want to tell you, God has brought you here today just to hear, do not fear. I've come to bring you peace. I've come so that you can have peace with me, right? Because in our sin, we're rebelling against God. I've come that you could have peace with me. I've come that you could have peace with one another. Jesus said, love one another. I want you to experience peace in your family. I want you to experience peace in your house. I want you to experience peace with those around you. And, and I've come that you could have peace inside. A peace that passes understanding. And guys, this is good news. This, this is the gospel and now I want you to see the response. I want you to see 
the response. You know, whenever you receive a, a birth announcement in the mail, it, it calls for a response, doesn't it? And, and they're, the people sending it to you, they're, they're saying, hey, join with me in celebrating. Join with me to see what's happening. Join with us as our family's growing. Pray with us. Pray for us, you know? I mean, sometimes you bring a gift or sometimes you just go over to their house and bring a meal or sometimes you just you know, say a prayer for them. But it calls for a response. And this birth announcement calls for a response. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I want you to see their response. The shepherds, first of all, this, notice this response. They hurried off. They hurried off. These guys, they were excited to see what God was doing. And I want to tell you, as a follower of God, there's going to be times that God prompts your heart. There's going to be times that you feel a stirring in your heart. There's going to be times, that, and, and I want to encourage you, immediate obedience. Right? Okay, God, I may not have all the answers. I don't understand. But, but God, I'm going to follow. I'm going to trust. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Right? I want to be there. I want to be on the front row. I want to see new life happening. God, allow me to be excited about the things that are of you. They hurried off. Notice this. Secondly, they found. Okay? This implies a search, doesn't it? Because the only thing they got from the angel was, hey, you're going to find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And they're like, great. Okay, we're going to go to Bethlehem. <laughs> it would have been great if you could have given us an address. We could have plugged in our phone. It would have been so much easier, right? I mean, but no. All they get is a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. So these guys are searching. These guys are going house to house. They're going stable to stable, cave to cave. They're looking because they want to see Jesus. Let me say something, right? Just a moment here. Some of you are here today, and, and maybe somebody invited you, maybe a family member, a friend. Maybe we wrapped your gift at the wrapping station. I don't know. But, but maybe you're here today, and you're just kind of checking this whole Christianity thing out. You're not real sure yet. You're kind of skeptical. You're like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. I'm glad you're here. I am so thankful you're here. And I want to encourage you with something. I want to encourage you in this. It's worth the search. It's worth the search. Jesus is worth the search. This has eternal implications. And so I want to just encourage you. I mean, maybe go pick up a book, The Case for Christ. Uh, maybe go, you know, read some of this about C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. But check it out. Or Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. But somehow spend the time to search. I love Jeremiah 29, 13. A lot of times we... Look at Jeremiah 29, 11, back in the Old Testament, where God says, Hey, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But 29, 13 says, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. God's inviting us to seek him. And maybe you've been far from him. Hey, that's okay. Maybe you've been close to him. But as you grow deeper in your faith, the Holy Spirit comes alive in you. It's worth the search. For the shepherds, once they found him, they shared the good news with others. Don't you love that? They, they begin to tell everybody. They're like, hey, you wouldn't believe it. The Messiah's here. You wouldn't believe it, right? He's wrapped in cloths. He's lying in a manger. I got to tell you. I got to tell you. They shared the good news with others. 
I, I love when people come to know Christ because they're just so excited. And they can't wait to talk about it. And I pray as many of us, we've been walking with the Lord for a while. Some of you have been walking with the Lord for a lot of years. Never lose that joy. Never lose that excitement of what God's doing in your life and what God's doing in this world. Because it's an encouragement to others. Look at this. They spread the news concerning, and then it says in verse 19, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, you got to think that Mary, you know, here she is alone in a stable. Here she is trying to figure all this stuff out. And then all these shepherds come in. Don't you know that was an encouragement for her? Maybe you've been in the hospital at some point. Maybe it was giving birth to a child. Or maybe it was after having surgery and, and some people showed up. And you're just like, oh, I look terrible, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm just so thankful you're here. Thank you that I'm not alone. Thank you that you're here for me. What an encouragement that is. And then I love verse 20. It says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They returned glorifying and praising God. They were pumped up because they got to be a part of what God was doing. So what do we learn from these shepherds? What do we learn from these shepherds? First of all, we learn this. The gospel is for all people. Guys, the gospel is for all people. The good news is for everyone. Notice this. Notice the people that were actually at the first birth, right? Right here. It's shepherds and the magi show up. Now, they might have shown up about a month later or a year, but, but these are the people that were there. And notice the two groups of people. Shepherds, ordinary guys, hardworking, right? They had some education, but not a lot of education. These guys are providing for their family. These guys are Jewish. These guys had kind of known the Old Testament. Then look at these guys, the Magi. Wealthy, highly educated. They came from a long way off. They went on a long journey. These guys made the trip. These guys were Gentiles. But right here at the birth, we're seeing the gospels for all people. And I love Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus did more for women's rights than any person in history. Jesus gave women a place at the table. Praise be to God. Jesus did more for diversity than any person in history. The gospel is for all. I've come to bring you good news, the angel said, that will be for all the people. Not just the Jews, not just a small group, not just the religious elite, not just the people who have it all together, but for all people. And wherever you are today, listen, the gospel's for you. And for every person in the world, the gospel has come. The good news, and it's of great joy. The second thing I want you to see is the shepherds became the first preachers of the gospel. Isn't that crazy? And God says, I'm going to call these shepherds, these ordinary guys, they're going to go and take the gospel. It's like Jesus talking to his disciples in Acts 1.8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And a lot of times they're like, no, 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 no. I'm not a preacher, right? I don't want to go off on stage. I don't want to do that. I'm not, that's not me. That's not me. No, no, no. You just are called to share what God's done in your life. You're just called to share. I remember when I was in high school, and uh, I grew up in a great church. I mean, like our church, I just was so blessed and Great parents, I had great student ministry that poured into me and, and my parents took me to church and, and I was a believer. I was a follower of Christ in high school and I went to a public high school and, and I remember there was a girl there named Leah 
And uh, Leah was going through a really tough time. Um, her parents were going through a divorce, and she was just really having a tough time. And, and she was talking to different people in school, and, and she asked me, you know, for advice. And I remember going, the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I need to talk to her about Jesus, but I didn't. I, I said, you know, because um, I didn't know what she was going to think, and I, I was nervous, right? And I, and I said, Leah, um, you know, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. You, it's going to be all right. Well, a few weeks later, it was hard. It was challenging. It was difficult. And she came back, and this time... I had just felt, I was like, okay, Lord, this is, if she comes back, I'm supposed to tell her about you. And I was praying, I don't know if she's going to come back. I don't know, you know, I didn't want to be afraid. I, didn't, I was nervous. But when she came back and she said, hey, I really want to talk to you about this because I'm going through a tough time. And, and I said, um, well, Leah, I don't know how to put this or anything, but I just know what Christ has done in my life. And, and I know when I committed my life to Christ, I don't have all the answers, but I know that I have hope. And I, I feel like you're, trying to, you know, fix your parents and trying to fix everything around you. But until Jesus becomes the Lord of your life, I just don't think you're going to have peace. And I remember she looked at me, and I'll never forget this. And she said, well, Jeff, if you really believe that, why didn't you tell me sooner? I said, I don't know. I should have. I'm sorry. And I said, but I'm telling you now. And and I want to tell you, I want to do anything I can to help you. And I'm praying for you. And it, it, it's only God who can change a heart, right? But by the grace of God, I mean, Leah, I watched her. She came to know Christ. And I watched her grow in the faith. And, and I watched her. And I saw her get married. She's got a godly marriage today. Praise God. I mean, just watch that. But it's only the Lord. But I think so often we, we want to step back. And, and these guys were ordinary guys. These guys were like us. But they were so radically transformed by what God was doing that they said, I just got to share. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, church. Listen, listen, listen. This Christmas, you're going to have a lot of people in and out of your house. And you're going to have extended family come. You're going to have neighbors over. You're going to have friends. And it's going to be really easy to stay on the superficial. It really is. It's going to be really easy to talk about sports. It's really easy to talk about, you know, Hallmark movies. It's really easy, you know, kind of go up here with food and kind of back away from anything that has depth. But I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. If the Holy Spirit prompts you, just, just enter there. Tell people you love them. You know, the word love, it's not implied. You got to say it. And say it to your spouse, say it to your kids, say it to your friends, say it to your relatives. It, Encourage them about Christ. Invite them to church. This could be the Christmas that Christ comes alive in somebody's heart, in your own home. And for us to be men and women of God, who we don't have all the answers. We're just ordinary people that God has radically changed and we get to share the good news. I want to encourage us about that. You know, as a church, hey, praise God. God's doing so many great things here. I mean, it's exciting to see what's happening here at Franklin. I mean, more and more people are coming. People are coming to Christ. We have baptism every service today. I mean, it's just exciting. I love that. But for us as a church, we're called to go share the gospel. And I don't know if you know this, but there's like 100 people a day moving into the greater Nashville area. I mean, God's bringing people from all over the country. God's bringing people to us. And God's saying, hey, I want you to share. So a couple of years ago, right, we launched a campus in Nolensville and it's doing great by the grace of God and Pastor Jason and David and, and God's moving and working in Nolensville and people are coming to know Christ there. And about a year ago, we just said, okay, God, what about Nashville? Do we need to go share the good news there? But how do we do it? And, and so I remember in the spring, there were some of us, we went down, we were driving around Nashville, we were looking at some schools or some warehouses or property to maybe start a campus in Nashville. I don't know if you guys know this either, but 
property in Nashville is really expensive. It's like crazy. Like what happened? I mean, it's like those hotel rates are the same as New York and D.C. It's like what's going on? But it's exploding because God's bringing people here. But God's saying we want you to be a part of that. We want you to share the good news. And so we were looking around in the spring one day and we were kind of discouraged. I was discouraged because there wasn't really much out there. And so I'm driving back on I-65. This is unbelievable. But I'm driving back on I-65 and my phone is sitting over there, right? And, and the email goes off. And I just looked at it. I didn't text back. I didn't do anything. So don't tell Lisa. I mean, just all I did was glance at it. That's all I did, okay? So if she's in the room. Okay, but I looked and it was a pastor who's a pastor at a church in Nashville. And their church is, it used to be big, but it's kind of gone down. It's been struggling. And, and he just, I got back before I read it. I got back here to the office. And then I read it. And, and he said, but I'm driving. I was, when it came through, how crazy is that? So I'm looking at, and he says, hey, Pastor Jeff, we've been hearing about what God's doing at Rolling Hills. And he said, would you meet with us? And maybe there's a way we could partner together. And so we started this conversation. They've got a building. It's a church that meets on Belmont campus. And they meet at Trout Theater. And so he said, hey, you know, why don't you guys come down and you adopt us and we become Rolling Hills, Nashville, and you have a place to meet, and you can share the gospel with more people, and we join in with what God's doing. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had the chance to go over there, and we talked to the congregation, preached, and was there for worship. And then they kind of came together, and they have some older people, a lot of older people. We didn't know how they were going to respond. And they voted last Sunday, and they voted 96% to say, hey, we want to be adopted by Rolling Hills and to be a part of Rolling Hills Church family. And so guys, in January, we, I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, that's just the Lord, right? I mean, who would have ever scripted that? And so now lawyers are working on these things, but, but it's going to be by the end of the year. But in January, we're going to have an opportunity to share the gospel with people in Nashville. And some of you work in downtown Nashville. Some of you have been inviting friends or people who live down there, and they're going, well, I don't want to drive 45 minutes or an hour to get out to Franklin. I'd love to be a part. But, but now you can say, hey, just come over here. Because we want you to hear the good news. We want you to understand what God has done for us. Hey, what else we learned for the shepherds? We learned this, that the shepherds became the f- different. The shepherds returned different after being with Jesus. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. And guys, when you get to December 26th, when you get to December 26th, I pray that you're renewed and refreshed. I pray that you aren't worn out because of Christmas. I pray that you return. They went back to their jobs, right? It wasn't that they all like took off and went to seminary somewhere. They went back to their jobs, but they were different. They were glorifying and praising God. Look what God's doing. You see, this is the powerful part, right, to me, that there is a new perspective. And when you look at Christmas, what do you see? In most of the world, I mean, they see the decorations, they see the cards, they see all the trappings of Christmas. But, but I pray that we would see something different. That we would see Jesus. When you look at Christmas, do you see chaos? Are you overwhelmed right now? Or, or do you see peace? The peace that passes understanding. The peace that God wants to bring into your home, into your life, into your marriage, into your family. When, when you look at Christmas, do you see receiving or do you see giving? This is an opportunity for us to be generous. This is an opportunity for us to give back out of all that God's done for us. When you look at Christmas, do you see stuff just everywhere? Or do you see fulfillment in here? And what God's doing in here? When you look at Christmas, do you see yourself? 
kind of like I'm the star of the show, right? And everything's revolving around me and I've got to get all this done and I've got to make all this happen. Or do you look at Christmas and you just see Jesus? <laughs> he's the star. He's the one who's come to change the world and he's the one who's come to change you. Hey, what's your response today? The shepherds responded. They hurried off. They searched. They found. And they were different. What about you? I want to tell you I was eight years old when I committed my life to Christ. And I haven't gotten over it. It becomes more real and deep and fresh and rich every day. I just love the Lord. I love what God's doing. And none of us are perfect. We're all on a journey. But like these ordinary guys who got it 2,000 years ago, God's making a big birth announcement today. It's Christmas. And I have come. Emmanuel, God with you. So this morning, would you receive what only God could give? His grace, His love, His peace. Because it's Christmas. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Guys, I don't know where you are today. Maybe you're here today and, man, life just feels like it's out of control. You're trying to keep up. This morning, would you just take a deep breath? Say, I want it to be about Jesus. I want to know you, Christ. Maybe for some, maybe today's a day of salvation. You just say, I've been trying to do it on my own. Jesus, come be the Lord of my life. I receive your grace. I receive your peace. Come fill me today. Forgive me, redeem me, restore me. Maybe you're here today and you've been a follower of Jesus, but, but you've gotten caught up in all the things and the busyness of life. And today you're just going, man, I, I want to focus on you, Jesus. I want to focus on you in my marriage, in my home, with my family. God, give me opportunities to, to love and to share. Maybe today you just need to hear God say, do not fear. Don't be afraid. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm for you. So God, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the joy and the love and the peace that you came to bring. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your son that we're not alone, that you are with us and you're for us. And Father, I pray that we would experience Christ this Christmas. We love you, Jesus, and we dedicate our lives to you. And we dedicate this Christmas to you. In your name we pray, amen, amen.